0: podcast. I have the pleasure of talking with visual artist Monica Morganstern today. Um, we're coming to you from a meeting room in the SILA office but I feel like our conversation is going to span quite a big chunk of South Australia and possibly beyond. Um, before we get started I just want to acknowledge the Ghana people as the traditional owners of the land that we're meeting on right now and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Monica! Thanks for making the trip down.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: So exciting. Um, I don't know where to start. You've got so much going on. I think you're very busy generally showing and, and doing things all the time. But um, I guess we should start where it's logical to start. And And I think maybe if you could tell us how you found your way to visual art, that would be great. <laughs>
1: Uh, Hi Steph, Um, well it's actually been a a complicated road for me, my grandmother really encouraged me when I was a kid and at school it was always my favourite subject and where I really excelled but I had no, in my family there was no artists, I didn't know any artists, I'm actually from a really small town in Germany from the country and there was never really a vision of what an artist might be, or that there even is such a thing yeah, as, you could do as that. a professional yeah. artist, you know. So it took me a long time to find my way from Duttenfeld in Germany to the Central School of Art in Adelaide. So What a trip! <laughs> a, there's a long, winding road in between. But anyway, I did my Honours year in 2014, so... Yeah that's and right here you are. And
0: yeah yeah I, <laughs> I do think there's probably a lot compressed there there. <laughs> there there is a lot compressed there Did you when you got here you know when you started as, at the school did you have a, any kind of guiding you know material or? I was
1: I was looking for somewhere to learn how to draw Yeah and when yeah. I came to Australia I um, lived in Melbourne for a very long time and then, you know, again, big journey to country Victoria and then to South Australia and um, everyone was talking about the Central School of Art and it was just a fantastic school. Loved it, loved the teachers, loved everything I learned. Mm. I just... It was a fantastic experience for me, yeah. yeah. And it as it turns out, I never actually ended up doing a drawing and painting as such. I mean, I still do a bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, it just gave me the tools mm. to make choices, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's nice to not have it predefined and all yes, laid out in
0: advance. Right. <laughs>
1: um,
0: fantastic. And I guess then we should probably talk about what your work looks like now,
1: then, if it's not so much a drawing. <laughs> yes, well... Um, My work is very experimental it's i do a lot of material research and i've been very fortunate to be given an arts as fellowship this year so material research it is at the Mm. moment and um, mainly i research color movement and light and I just experiment with uh, projections, digital prints um, and sometimes text to create experiences really so that the viewer looks at an artwork and has a visual experience of light and colour and movement in some way. Mm. Yeah, and do you get the impression that the experience is more the emphasis than the object? Is that
0: kind of fair to say? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, I suppose it goes hand in hand. True. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I do love it when people come up to me and say the work looks mystical, mm. and a lot of people do without even knowing my work. Mm-hmm. So that is really the key that I'm sort of on the right track with mm-hmm. what I want to do. But mainly I work um, with projections and yeah, digital prints, glass. I did a uh, mentorship with a glass artist from the Adelaide Hills. Ernie tinness he's a flat glass artist, mm-hmm. does a lot of flat light work. and. I did a a mentorship with him for a few months and just looked at glass, etching glass and how glass reflects light Mm. and how I can use it in layering. Mm. So yeah, I just, and at the moment I'm into metal, I'm looking at aluminium, etching aluminium. I'm um, looking at perspex and reflected surfaces, yeah. so a bit of everything, everything yeah. really, you know, <laughs> but, but, life, but at know. the end of the day, my work is quite, some of the work is quite minimalist, so mm. there's a lot of experimenting, but when something works, then I really try to pare it down mm. and back again. Yeah,
0: none of it seems overdone, it's yeah. just considered and yeah, yeah. very much fits with everything that you're saying. I know you mentioned sort of the sort of mysterious mystic kind of Mm. direction. What,
1: What actually does inspire the work and what themes are you exploring? Well, my tagline is an encounter with the numinous or a numinous encounter. And a numinous encounter is basically a an encounter with the mystical or with the spiritual or something that you can't quite put into words yeah. and it's just a beautiful word it it um, you know it rhymes with luminous and it just gives you that idea of lightness and mm. light and color and all that that my work is about so that's a word i use quite a bit but basically i'm really interested in mysticism spiritual experiences drug-induced mystical experiences, which a lot of people have, near-death experiences, déjà vu, and I'm also very interested in cult and cult behaviour and anything to do with the otherworldly. And I interview people about their experiences, I talk to them, and all that sort of feeds into my research and into the work that I do right and what a privilege to be trusted with those experiences yes very much so and they are so interesting and we all have them yeah you know whether it's you're having a dream uh, uh, premonitions Mm -hmm. and you know i mean there's so much so many experiences out there that we cannot explain Mm -hmm. but a lot of people do have you know so that's what I'm really interested in and doing work around that.
0: Yeah, lovely to lean into that. Mm. And especially, yes, the kind of thing where people go, oh, no, actually, yes, I've just been ignoring that, that these things have Yes, happened. Yet. that's right. And Anna, what a challenge to try and
1: articulate artistically it the is. things that cannot be articulated. It is, that's right, it is. It's not an easy subject to tackle. No. And, um, you know, because you don't want to alienate audiences. You don't want to alienate... Audiences that are completely non religious, Mm. and you don't want to alienate people who have a a very profound religious belief Mm. either, you know. Mm. So it's a very, very Um, fine line that I'm treading with Mm, my work. yeah and I'm sure and in on the flip side
0: of that not to how do you treat someone else's story when you're the one articulating it so yes it would be a very delicate uh, line to tread but therein lies the beautiful challenge doesn't it that's right (laughs) and what if you don't mind me prodding a little more um what drives you to explore those themes um you know have you had those experiences yourself and and been driven by those? like most
1: people I've had experiences but mostly in uh, <coughs> nature actually um, but uh, to be honest I'm not really quite sure why I'm so interested mm. in the subject matter because my family was very very anti-religious mm. um, they thought it created a lot of problems mm. and um, but I, I think um, nature I, I've had mystical experiences in nature but also in Germany in uh, primary school or actually secondary school as well you sort of get funneled into the Catholic or the Protestant sort of stream Mm. and my family was Catholic through my mother's side and I wasn't really interested in religious education and my grandmother always said oh look you know don't take it too serious but when you go into the cathedrals in Europe, I mean, you cannot help but feel that it is a sacred, mm. sacred space, yeah. you know. Yeah. It is just so awe-inspiring. Mm. And even when I go back to visit my family in Germany, I often go and have a look at the churches, as a lot of tourists do. Yeah. And as soon as you walk into one of those cathedrals, you just slow down, mm. you go quiet, and you really have an awe-inspiring, mm. you know, You suddenly become feeling. very small in that space. That's so, right, yeah. that's right. So you, it does feel like a sacred space.
0: Yeah.
1: And, yeah, so I think having grown up with that, we had a, a small cathedral where I grew up, uh, but it was a cathedral nevertheless. And, uh, you know, it. I think it impressed itself on me when I was a kid. Yeah and the play of light with the led lights mm. you know the music yeah the whole yes. the whole shebang you know
0: impressive it is yes, yeah it's very <laughs> impressive
1: and i think that's i would imagine that's where my interest comes yeah. from
0: got a, a really big show at the barossa regional gallery as we speak called wordless silence can you please tell us about that um a bit of what it sort of looks like and layout different types of i imagine there's more than one type of medium and material going on so please tell us
1: first of all i want to thank uh, rowena sloan and kara boom who have actually given me the opportunity to show there because mm-hmm. when i applied for the show that was about two years ago and for them to take it on with my subject with the subject matter that I do deal with you know it's it's not an easy Mm. thing you know and um, so thanks goes to them and to the Barossa Council Mm. for giving me that space for Sala so um, well there's two projections in the show and uh, about eight two-dimensional pieces Mm -hmm. Uh, the projections in the front is a smaller projection and in the back room is a is the larger projection called prima materia so prima materia is the is the material out of which everything flows out of which everything comes you know so for that work i Got a nearly two-meter steel ring cut, mm. and onto that steel ring, oh, I'm i at it now. projected um, the projection, and the projection is actually a uh, I videotaped ink on glass. Ah, oh, yeah. And then I put that through, you know, Premiere Pro and all these mm. software to actually make it. The video that it is mm. and the reason I'm using the ink in a lot of my work that actually comes from the idea of ectoplasm in the 1920s people used to sit around seances and a medium would exude ectoplasm which is like a spiritual substance and then the dead or the ghosts, or whoever, spirits, Mm. would use this material to communicate with you. So I researched that subject matter quite a bit, Mm. and I just really loved the idea of someone exuding these vapour, so hence the use of inks. Yes. So... For this work I also engaged Jeremy Lyons who is a musician and instrument maker from Meadows oh, wonderful. and he did the audio for the work and he used, uh, he's got a fantastic library of just sounds, mm-hmm. uh, of the weather, of wind, of breath, of fire. So we used all that in the video work to create um, this idea of that this is this creative generative substance that's sort of coming out of this yeah. space. Oh so It's a beautiful work. If yeah. you if you have a chance, go and have a look. Yes, absolutely. And I think, uh, fair to say, you'd need
0: to be uh, undistracted and, and yes. uh, ready to put a bit of time and into And that's a
1: beautiful thing about the Barossa Gallery. So it's two spaces. The front is a, a bright, light, white space, mm. and the back space is a dark, sort of intimate space space so as you walk through you're going through two different sort of vibes yeah right? yeah what a great space to yeah yes. to be able
0: to work within that's that's fantastic
1: and then um for the 2D pieces in the front i've used mirror aluminium and perspex to create sort of pieces that play with light mm. and reflection and then in the back section with the video work, I've got uh, four pieces, ink on aluminium, etched aluminium. So um, again, it's it's harking back to this idea of the ectoplasm and that something is trying to communicate with you. Mm. I like that word, generative, that you used. Mm,
0: yeah, there's, you know, there's this potential in this sort of almost unseen, yes. intangible
1: thing, but it's there yes. you know it's there.
0: A regional gallery and you also do live regionally in a different area and as we've heard have traveled and lived in many different places um, does the I know that your childhood where you were living there has an influence that you've touched on but what about where you live now does that have any
1: influence on your work? Well, Australia certainly has. Um, at the moment, I live in Strath on Narangeri land, and it's beautiful there, and I love it. and I, it's the first time in all these years of moving around and travelling that I feel like i've I've planted some roots. But before I came here, I actually lived at uh, Sea Lake in a Masonic Lodge for about four or five years. And um, Sea Lake is um, the area of the Barong people, and the Barong people were actually stargazers. So there's quite a bit of lore around um, Lake Tyrrell and the Barong people anyway. I lived in Sea Lake, which is only 10 minutes from um, Lake Tyrrell. It's one of the biggest salt lakes in in that region, uh, 270 square kilometers I think. And... Uh, that's where I started to paint sort of the colours of the sunsets and the moonrise. That Lake Tyrol is actually, has actually been an incredible influence on my art and it still is because the Mallee is very very flat and you've got that pink salt lake in summer mm. with this sliver of a, of a horizon and that blue sky mm and when the sun sets and the moon rises it is an incredible experience and my partner and i we used to just walk out on the salt lake with a blanket with a glass of wine and watch the sunset and the moon rise and the colors that you just see is just incredible and in winter because it is a salt lake there's nothing really lives in there that sort of moves or disturbs the, the water. In winter, if you go out at a moonless or a new moon and you walk out onto the water, you get a complete reflection of the sky. Oh, wow. So you feel like you're in this, this dome oh, wow. surrounded by stars. It is really, really incredible. I think tourism has actually found it and they've now put... Viewing platforms on it, but anyway, uh, when I used to go there, it was completely undisturbed, and it was the most incredible place to be. And that's where I actually started to paint. Mind you, the paintings they were just really bad, <laughs> bad paintings. That's what I knew. I needed to go to art school. But anyway, you know, it's my that creative force just came through me, and I just needed to paint it and it was all about light color the ethereal yeah uh, and yeah the mystical encounter that i used to have out there yeah yeah.
0: and surely it's kind of nice to not be able to uh, capture it in a way that you were satisfied with straight away that you it really was a challenge to try and you know i think there's something satisfying in that surely (laughs) yes
1: yes and then of course the building you know it was a masonic lodge it was a square building And most of my work is square. I think that's got a lot to do with it. And the Freemasons, they really have a strong directional sense of the building and how they position it. So the south, north, east and west. So they really often talk about the forces of the different directions. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like a cathedral. You walked into the Masonic Lodge and you knew it was a sacred space. Mm -hmm. You know, so this, again, this really awe-inspiring feel you know but mind you like the building we are in here there are so cold in winter yeah <laughs> it, i just couldn't get it warm it was a real challenge to live in live there in winter but anyway i lived there for about five years and um then we moved to castlemaine and bendigo and then eventually we came to south australia wow what a yeah. journey
0: yes gosh and yeah it sounds like you've just collected and collected experiences yes Yes. yeah very much so
1: lovely that they were profound enough to have an enduring impact oh they have they have and the colors that I sort of work with in my work have a lot to do with you know the uh, natural spectacle of that place because it was so uninterrupted, yeah. there were no trees, there were no mozzies, there were not flies, there was nothing, gosh. it was just colour and space, you know, and that is something as a European you just don't experience anywhere else, yeah, really. what a thing to behold, gosh, yeah, no, it was beautiful,
0: <gasps> amazing, that's so awesome. Do you have a favourite memory of someone interacting with your work or
1: experiencing it? Um, Actually, people always come up to me after I've had an exhibition and especially after an artist talk. Mm. And usually I like to do artist talks rather than openings Mm. where someone opens for you. I prefer an artist talk and actually um, talk about my work. And a lot of people come up. Up to me afterwards and whether there are um, older people who've had uh, partners pass away who feel like they're still communicating with them to younger people who have had an LSD trip or MDMA trip whatever it is and had a mystical experience and you know the similarities are just so incredible. So it seems to be a naturally occurring thing that we do have these experiences and a lot of people come up to me and talk about it and I find it incredibly interesting and I'm honoured that they feel they can talk to me about it and um, without using their direct experiences but it all feeds into my work and it also um, supports me in my belief that it is important work yeah yeah it is work that um, yeah contemporary society is yearning mm-hmm. for something more than work mm-hmm. and cash and mm-hmm. interest rates and the economy and all that yeah and, no you know. it
0: sounds like it resonates with people in a way that may also well, surprise and, them and you
1: have a look at uh, you go, and have a look at shows on Netflix or podcasts. I mean the the mystical and spiritual it's just comes up more and more often in in the creative industries, whatever they may be. So I think um yeah, I think it's an important and interesting subject matter. Yeah, yeah and it evidently. keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's fantastic. And to wrap things up,
0: because I don't want to give too much away, or oh, I think we all need to get down and see the work. But in the interim and beyond, where can we follow along with your practice?
1: Well, um, I've been shortlisted for the Creative Health Award, like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all get down to that. So we'll meet again. Great. <laughs> and that will be on from the 1st to the 22nd of September. Uh, so go and have a look at that and then of course my instagram and website and i've also got some smaller pieces experimental pieces on the sala shop website fantastic you're everywhere (laughs)
0: i love it (laughs) oh thank you so much and uh well done and
1: thank you for coming down oh thank you steph and thanks for inviting me to have a talk to you